0: Well, welcome to Mindset Monday. I am here with Scott Garber. I am so excited to have him here. We're going to have him tell a little bit about himself, but I just want to give you a little bit of information about who I am and what I'm doing here with all of you today. My name is Denise Zach. I'm a life coach. I have been in the field of helping people for the last 20 years. And one of the things that's been so important to me as I've worked through my career is to help people understand what motivates them, what holds them back and the things that can get in their way from being successful. So this podcast is all about that. It's finding people who are killing it, crushing it, doing amazing things, but then really kind of trying to pick their brain a little bit. So Scott, I'm going to be picking your brain a little bit today about, you know, how you get up in the morning, how you show up to the, to the day and what makes you feel successful and be successful. And you know, we all stumble, uh, but we what we need to do is just get back up one more time then we've fallen down. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. So, so with me, I have Scott Garber. And so I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about you, Scott, you know, who you are, how you got into the field you're into, what you do, and you know, how you've grown over the years. Awesome. Well,
1: first off, Denise, thanks for having me on your show. Um, love to be one of the early guests as uh, you spawn up something great here. So, um, you. you know, again, really excited. And yeah, like, I mean, you know, it, it's very fun to get on these podcasts and have the opportunity to talk about mindset, because what happens between the six inches between your ears is where all of the magic, the turmoil, it's where it all happens. Um and so, um, so really excited to take you guys on my journey, um, you know, from, from my early days, growing up to collegiate sports, um, into my business ventures. Now, um, it, they all go together, right. And, and we're compounding and building either really good habits or really bad habits. And we're going to talk and cover both of those today. So, um, again, thanks for having me and and let's take a, you know, a dive headfirst into who I am and, and how we ended up here. So, um. So again, my name's Scott Garber. Um, I'm from South Florida originally, and I think the first thing that everybody should know about me is I have been an athlete since the time that I could crawl. Um, I had come some kind of stick ball glove on my hand and uh, was always just finding a way to you know, be athletic. Uh, little did I know that I would learn so many intangible things about life um, through these games of you know hockey, soccer, football, etc. Um, so fast forward a little bit, uh, you know, I was a highly decorated athlete coming out of high school, um, was heavily recruited and, um, had a really fun recruiting story. I was committed to the university of Tennessee and, um, you know, a few weeks before signing day, just had some coaching changes and actually figured out that, uh, you know, Hey, they're going to go a different direction. And that was my first real life lesson of like, don't count money until it's in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so had a really fun You know, not fun at the time, but reflecting back on it, you know, pretty crazy journey. Um, but landed at the University of South Alabama. And um, you know, through that whole process, we'll touch on this later, but it really taught me how to fail forward. Um, because you know, I I had my dad with me there along the ride. And at the time I felt just devastated, but there were opportunities on the horizon. And um, so you know, put my head down, figured out, you know, I had to go play ball somewhere. Um, South Alabama. Was an opportunity, um, and they were actually a, a startup program. So when I got the call, they were you know mounds of dirt with an idea of starting a Division One football team, and they actually played Tennessee um, in five years. So um, you know got an opportunity to go lay the foundation, uh, build legacy instead of inherit it, and that really laid a, a solid foundation and, and solidified the fact that I wanted to go and build and be a creator in this world uh didn't really know how i was going to get there um didn't know that football was going to be a vehicle to get me to that mindset um but it did and um and so fast forward a little bit uh finished up playing 5 years of college football got to go back to tennessee and almost beat those guys <laughs> and um and and you know the one thing they don't tell you when you're finishing up football is that no one's going to plan the rest of your life for you um mm-hmm. you know you have such a structured and regimented routine and So I got chewed up and spit out of college football and needed to sort of figure out where where to land um, as an adult. And so, um, you know, did what a lot of college athletes do. I went to enterprise and did the management training program, um, started to take all of these life lessons that I had learned and actually mold them into productivity. And so, um, you know, I think a theme that you'll here throughout is coaching. And, you know, I mean, I've had great coaching when I was in college, a great coaching coming out into the professional world. And um, so cut my teeth in the selling world there, got an opportunity that brought me out to Colorado. And um, and and that's where, you know, I needed to sort of settle down and figure out like, how what's a career look like? And so I knew I wanted to marry professional and sports, and and find a startup in between, right? So I found a happy home at Captain U, which was an early stage startup. Um, went through an amazing ride with those guys. We ended up getting acquired, and and I've been in the sports technology space now for about six years. Um, mm-hmm. To bring you up to current speed, um, because we could talk about that for days. Yeah. Um, last last June, I was dating my now wife, and. Um, <laughs> and we looked at each other Denise and on paper we had it made in the shade we were living downtown we were we had making good money we were having you know good times with our friends but there was just something missing and this is the part that they don't teach you in school this is what they you know it, it's very hard to take a leap of faith but we looked at each other and we're like we need something different and so um, within 3 weeks we sold all of our belongings we got out of our lease we bought a 1977 11 foot travel trailer and we set out on an adventure that just totally changed our lives. And I'm excited to go ahead and unpack that with you because, you know, as an adult, that that was the eye-opening moment of mindset of, you know, finally being where my feet are, being present and defining success for what it looks like for me and not what someone is projecting success should look like. So um, so it's been a wild journey um, over the last 18 months of trying to um, execute on this new idea of success. But uh, I'm currently scaling and building a, a fintech company called Check, which is an alternative cash management solution, still helping athletes, but also serving a civic mission of helping the underbanked and underfunded folks here in this country. Um, and so as we go through this pandemic, you know, really working on um, you know, carrying out that mission, continuing to evolve the mindset and, and meet great folks along the way um, and build those relationships, which is how we found ourselves on this call. So yeah. um, hopefully that wasn't too long winded, but who I was.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's an amazing story. You know, I'm curious when you got in the car that first day, right, or the, the, the vehicle you were in, yeah. um, what was the feeling and what were the thoughts going through your head? Was it like, holy crap, you know, what have we done? Or was it, you know, we're just going to do this, throw caution to the wind?
1: Yeah, it, it was more liberating um, because, you know, you we, we both knew that the the traditional ideas of success, we could accomplish those. And so once we hit a certain benchmark or threshold, we were like, let's go take a risk. And so, you know, I, I think you're only human if you feel those butterflies and the oh shit moment. Like what did we just do?
0: Um,
1: But, but that quickly faded away when, you know, you realize that you you have a good support system and, you know, to, to quote the late Kobe Bryant, he said, when you start embracing the, or when you, when you realize that the destination is the journey, then you can start living. And, Mm -hmm. and that was, it was poetic, you know, and that's sort of how we felt. We were just, we had no agenda. We, we completely turned off our phones and we felt like we were living for the first time, even though we had both done amazing things in our life. Um, so, yeah, so scared, but really excited.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's so important that you that you were able to get to that place because society puts such strict rules and puts people in boxes and situations and in order and in line. And, you know, when you meet someone, you're supposed to date and then you're supposed to get engaged and then you're supposed to get married and then you're supposed to have kids. And, you know, all of these things are when you're an athlete, you're supposed to, you know, graduate and go to college and play sports. And there's all of these really prescripted things that we're supposed to do in our society. And when people don't follow that path, I think it can be, it can be judgmental, not just, Uh, I mean, we have our own internal judgments, but we also have the judgments of people around us that are telling us, what are you doing? You have a career, you have your life set. Why on earth would you do something like this? You know, did you get any of those comments and how did you manage that?
1: For sure. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, just one thing worth noting, um, you know, is my grandparents, um, you know, were successful and and they, you know, in the time that they were raised, it was, you know, put your head down, go start a family, build your career. And when you retire, then you have all these, you know, joyous amenities from when you're 70 until you pass away. And so uh, my grandparents had an RV, they went out on the road and did this. Um, I was fortunate one summer to go ahead and meet them. And, And it always was just sort of a a conundrum for me, you know, because I'm in high school and I'm wanting to go hike all these mountains and do all these, you know, crazy adventures. And my grandma's like, you know, let's go walk on this trail. And so, and so, you know, (laughs) as I was going through it, I was like, I understand this is the norm, but as... As a human, as you know, as my own being, it was like, why, why do I have to succumb to what the norm is if I feel like I can carve it out in a more effective, efficient, evolved way? And so, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a funny quote, but you know, Cat Williams, I grew up with him as a comedian, and he was just—he had this little sketch about um, haters, right? And he said, if you don't have more haters today than you did yesterday, then you're doing something wrong. And so um, so there were for sure naysayers along the road, but, yeah. but I think, you know, as younger generations are coming up, you know, we're realizing that the American dream needed to be evolved. And so we found more people with the sentiment of you guys are living our dream versus like, hey, what are you doing off the beaten path? And so, um, you know, I-, I think we've got more encouragement along the road And it really solidified that what we were doing, you know, when you go against the grain a little bit, yeah, you might have some bumps and bruises, but you can really carve out something special instead of just swimming with, uh, you know, the whole school of fish for an analogy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I just love the whole idea of it is kind of taking ownership of your own life and your own world and not having, not putting yourself in a box and, and thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, being, being courageous enough to think well, wait a minute. Just because that's been happening for the last fifty years, a hundred years, or five hundred years, why does it mean that I have to follow that same path? And so, so that is that's risk inherent. You know, there is definite risk there. And so, I'm just curious. You know, throughout the process, or or at any point in your life, um, you know, did the risk feel too like too much? You know, did it ever feel like? you know, gosh, we kind of were in over our heads or, you know, maybe we dove in a little too deep or, you know, anything along those lines where you kind of questioned what you were doing and then how did you manage that?
1: Yeah. Um, so, so quick caveat, um, if you're ever going to get married or you're ever going to pursue a relationship, I highly recommend putting yourself in situations that out of your comfort zone and that test all of these boundaries before you go and take a leap into something. Um, and just for all our viewers, I just got married, so my, my wife, yeah. Thank you. My <laughs> wife Allison passed all the tests, and more importantly, <laughs> she put up with me. <laughs>
0: <right>. You both <laughs> passed the test right? right? Um,
1: and and so you know, I mean, we definitely ran into situations that were high stress. Um, you know, we we broke down. We um, you know we found ourselves stuck on the side of a mountain with no cell service and. Um, you know, we. Y- you just you learn to overcome, and and so I think you know one of the, one of the eye-opening moments is when you remove yourself from the social sphere, not even the the bubble as a whole, just the social sphere, and you're just present with either yourself or your significant other. Um, you can't blame anybody else. There's no other you know scapegoats, and so you really have to take that look in the mirror and say like either we're going to get over this and figure out ways to move forward, or we're just stalled and we, we can't go anywhere. And so, so, you know, we came across um, just a ton of different things that we could have never anticipated, but ultimately reflecting back on it um, has just made us better humans, more open-minded. Um, and and I think it taught me to take people for who they are and not what you want them to be. And and so I think these were all lessons that were almost apropos for what coronavirus gave us, right? It was no one could have been, ever anticipated something at this scale so quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and we like to say that we organically built that tool set or started building that tool set. Um, so you know, this isn't so foreign to us, you know, with shakeups and unexpected times and, um, you know, being forced to live outside of the norm and, and in a routine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you you just you learn so much. And, and it felt like I was living, Denise, for the first time we were we were so free. And, oh. and you know, one thing that when we were out on the road that I think I fell victim to and a lot of people that I talked to old and young athletes and non-athletes is very few people take time to reflect back on their successes and failures. And and that stepping out just for a couple months gave us the space, gave us the, the, the mindset to really start to define what success looked like for us. And it wasn't driven by some artificial inflation. It wasn't driven by emotion. It was just being present and saying, if this is what we want from our life, now we can go ahead and start to set out a path to get there instead of being reactive to say, hey, this is what life gave me. Now I have to figure out how to get there. So um, piece of advice to everybody, find a way to step out of it for a little bit and define success for yourself. And oh, it just opens up a Pandora's box of, of a good time.
0: Yeah, I love it. And and what what I love even more is that really what you're talking about in terms of success has nothing to do with money. You know, you're you're defining success in in just the the breadth of life, right? And just being connected, being grounded, being centered, being reflective, you know, and developing a healthy mindset, being able to manage stress. And you know, we had a little mini conversation before we started today. And that was one of the things that that I was talking to you about. And the reason why I went into the field that I did in terms of helping people in life coaching is that We're not given those skills when we're in school. We're taught how to do specific, you know, um, things like how to do accounting or how to become a teacher or, you know, how to even, you know, how to, how to exercise. We're taught those kinds of things, but we are not given any mental training at all in terms of how to manage stress. What does it feel like when disappointment comes and how do you manage it? How do you take a step back? How do you learn to be where your feet are and, and you know, all of those lessons that you learned on that six month journey are just, it's just amazing to me. And, and what I, what I love too, is that, you know, you, you were able to, when you, when you said it, you know, you said, I was able to take a step out of kind of, you're off the hamster wheel at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And our society has become so much of just a huge hamster wheel that never turns off, never shuts down, never gives us a break. It's 24/7 dings, notifications, you know, information coming at us, demands happening, and so we're not in this space where we can, you know, say, oh, let me take a step back and see how I'm feeling in this moment right now, or how this person's impacting me, or how am I impacting the group I'm with right now. If we'd all learned how to do that, this world would be a much better place. So I think you probably learned some of the most valuable lessons that that I could ever um, wish that someone would, would develop, you know, and I think we need to learn them in kindergarten though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, what's interesting. and I mean, you know, there's, there's two sides to every coin, right? Because there, you know, when you do start to enter back into what society looks like, um, I, I have found, and we have found that when you have When you have a path or when you have a a North Star, it makes those decisions easier, right? It makes the process easier. And so, you know, one thing that's been a constant through my life has been coaching, right? And so, you know, and it's taken on different shapes. It's taken on different forms. But, you know, when we've come back off the road and now, you know, I know what success looks like for me um, and my family and my business now i can go and absorb coaching and and actually put it back into motion right so so it's really trying to find the balance between the process of getting things done successfully and still being able to live and i think that you know, a lot of people look for balance in, in all aspects of life, but this has been one pillar where we're finding if if we're able to be within you know 40 and 60, right, and try and find some balance there uh, between those two pillars of process and success. And now, you know, now we're starting to you know pull pull the wool over the you know or or. I don't know the analogy I'm looking for, but we're really starting to to sort of stumble on happiness, and, and it's just been the coolest thing because if you just live a lifestyle out on the road, some people are cut out for it. But I have aspirations to grow a business. I have aspirations to to make impact beyond just my bubble. And so, um, you know, success for us is is all wrapped up in the word of balance. And yeah. uh, once that goes off kilter, you need a plan to be able to reset fail forward a little bit and, and build. And so that's, that's what we've been actively working on. And um, it's hard, right? Like, I mean, if I'm just going to give the the audience and the listener something like um, it's fun to talk about all the good things that have happened and the smiles and the growth, but um, you got to know that there were years of hardships and failure and disappointment and adversity, which led me to cultivating this mindset. It didn't just wake up one day and I want to go do this.
0: Yeah. No, I, you know, you, you talk about so many, so many important things that the ability to reflect. And I, I wanted, you know, the last sentence that you, that you, that you stated, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit, but, but you know, you talk about having a goal and that maybe being on the road for you wasn't, wasn't a, um, a life choice for, for your entire life. Some, for some people that, that may be it. Right. Mm-hmm. But even, even in that process, right. You had, you had, a, um, some, overarching goal, which was to find yourself and to let go and to just be together. And that in and of itself is a goal. And that kind of helped you on your journey. You knew that it wasn't forever um, and you knew that you wanted to explore and you knew you wanted to, to feel free and let go and just kind of reconnect with yourself. And and you gave it 150% and you did it, which which is awesome, right? And yeah. people, people don't give themselves those opportunities. Um, we, Like I said, we kind of get stuck in the, in the motion of what's happening in society. But I also think, you know, like you said, as you come back, it is important to, to be mindful, right? To be reflective, to think about what's happening, what's going on, um, but also have that, some goals in mind. People who have goals, people who, you know, specifically, you know, if you're writing the goal down, People who have them are much more focused. They're much more likely to succeed. They're usually um, happier people, more content, and they're less distracted because they have something that they're looking for, and it's not this that they're just kind of you know a pinball you know getting knocked all over the place. Yep. And so you know finding that balance I think is super important in in today's society. But you talked about some stumbling blocks. You talked about being able to fail forward, and so and, and developing the mindset, right? You have the mindset now and you had it probably before you went on the journey, but you learned a lot more, but how did you develop the mindset? You know, when you were in elementary school, did you have the mindset? When you were in junior high school, did you have the mindset? Was it a progression over years of coaching and being an athlete? You know, what helped you, or was there a particular challenge that you went through that, that kind of was like a a really turning, real turning point for you or a learning situation?
1: Yeah. Um, so so not to go too much in the weeds, but, um, you know, my family for good and for bad have really helped shape Scott for who I was. And so, um, you know, I was very close with my father. Um, he was he played a very instrumental role in laying the foundation. Um, he was alongside the journey with collegiate sports. And then, you know, as I grew up and became a young man, you know, post school, um, you know, I went out and and did some things on my own. And and so, you know, that was, um, th- those were really hard growing pains for us as a, you know, as a unit, as a family, and then, you know, me and my father just as our relationship, um, you know, because when you have that slotted out for years and years and years, if you don't break that cycle, then it just continues to manifest itself. And so that was really the first time, where I had to like make a decision to say like, hey, I have to go and figure this world out for myself. And, um, and that meant, you know, leaving behind my best friend, my dad, my coach, and, and and just taking a leap of faith and saying, you know, when I moved out to Colorado, I had $200, I had a, an opportunity and, and a good buddy that I played rugby with. And so, um, you know, I think that was, that as I reflect back on it, one of the more defining moments um, and, and since then, you know, me and my father have reconnected and we have a, a relationship that has flourished and, and that, you know, being able to go something full circle and and complete the cycle, um, really showed me a lot, you know, and, and, you know, it took an open mind and it took this, this kind of, uh, you know, all the inherent things that he taught me in order to go ahead and reestablish a relationship with him. And so, um, you know, it. Yes, there's there's so many moments that I reflect back on of of coaching and being able to fail forward. But that one sort of just highlighted them all. And and to, you know, getting married two weeks ago and having my dad at the wedding just sort of was bigger than any deal that I've closed, any business that I've been a part of. and, And so. You know, I think once I personalized everything and said, man, if I can accomplish this with my own nuclear unit, it makes the rest of these things look very, you know, tangible. And so, um, you know, but that mindset that those being able to, you know, when, when he doesn't answer the phone or when somebody, um, you know, tells you no, that you just don't. Wake up and you know take that on the chin like a champ. You know you have to you know repeatedly go through it and and just for a, a football example, um, you know I was a punter, and so everything about being a punter was 80% mental, 20% physical, mm-hmm. right? You do the same thing over and over, but you know if you can shut your eyes and visualize and almost meditate and see what that's going to look like, you can see the outcome then you're able to go ahead and start to go through that progression over and over and over and so um you know I was able to take you know what I did in the football game in the field where it was like, Hey, you shanked the first punt. You can't just go and be out there aloof. You know, you blow your first sales call of the day or your first podcast. Hey, you gotta be able to get back on the horse and go. And so, um, you know, just being able to pull all of those and now start to apply them to real things that matter, not a football game, but relationships, business, um, you know, family marriage, that's the part that was just sort of like mind blowing. And, and, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think one, one thing that I would say that really helped me and, uh, you know, shout out to coaches along the way, but uh, Mark Noodleberg, who, you know, is part of Steve's Noodleberg cohort of On the Ball, um, is is this idea of compounding, right? And so, we, you know, I work in the financial space now and say so there's compounding interest can either work really for you or really against you. And and we talk about stacking good ideas and stacking successes. And so, um, you know, if you're able to go ahead and get wins in your life and manufacture those wins, then you can start to compound those successes. And it's amazing, Denise, like when you change and flip the switch in your mind and the script, holy smokes, good things start to just pop up around you. And so, um, so yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, just a, taking a combination of all of those innate things that I was taught and and now being able to put them into motion, um, really long-winded answer. Didn't know I was going down there, No,
0: but. that's okay. <laughs> right. No, I mean, really, you know, you're talking about, um, Kind of pushing against some things growing up, where you kind of felt like you had to do certain things, or you were expected to do certain things, but you kind of went out on your own and learned learned a lot about yourself, and uh, and and you know had some challenges within those decisions, right? Yep. Um, it, which I think is amazing. But if you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you've always gotten, and that you decided, you know, at that point in your life, you realized that there was a pattern, and you wanted to change it and and you you stepped outside of your comfort zone which i think is something that people many times are really afraid to do um, because of the repercussions or because they're they're afraid of the unknown and more because people are just afraid of the unknown and they're afraid to be uncomfortable um and and i think that you know we as a as a society just you know in general as people um we want to feel safe it's one of our like you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? It's like your base, one of your basic tenets of life. But um, when you want to kind of stretch yourself and grow and learn, it's you learn much more from something that you've made a mistake with than from any positive thing happening um, or from staying in a cocoon. So, you know, if, if you started to, you know, if go going back, if, if you were a child learning how to walk and and you fell down the first time and you didn't get back up, or your parents said, "Hey, you're really bad at walking. I wouldn't try that anymore." You know, we we might have a lot of people that you know <laughs> are are not walking, right? But the yep. reality is, at that at that age, when you think about it, we don't give up. We just keep going. We fall down. And we get back up one more time. We get back up one more time. We get back up one more time, right? Yep. And so we lose that mentality along the way sometimes because we're afraid, or you know, we're just not sure. And um, and so I think that what you're talking about is not being afraid to fail and not taking it as an ego rejection, right? That it's not like you're a bad person or you're a failure or, or, you know, you're just not good at that. You learn from the mistakes. I know. And that comes, I think, a lot from coaching too, because you, you know, when, when, when you're with a coach, they don't say, oh, you're horrible at that. Don't try it again. They say, hey, you know, turn your foot a little bit more the next time you try to kick it. I think if you just pivot a little bit, it'll make a difference. And, you know, one degree of difference can create a, a mountain of change. So, uh, over time, right. We know that. So, I just I love all the lessons and all. And of to this pick, to piggyback
1: and sort of bring this into the real world context here, right? Yeah. Because I mean, there's a couple foundation things that that you know I have found to be true that led up to this pandemic, where it's like this is the culmination point of all of it. And you know, um, you know, a couple of them being, you know, you're you're as good as the people you surround yourself with, and so coaches have to be in there, right? Some there has to be somebody in your world um, beyond yourself. To go ahead and make you better, right? Like because complacency, as we're seeing as a as a country right now, can get you in a lot of trouble, right? It's comfortable, we know it, but when we're comfortable, we don't keep growing, we don't keep evolving, and ultimately you sort of get caught behind. And so, you know, I have been so fortunate enough fortunate enough to find Allison, you know, my wife, who was a, a former athlete, you know, has a different personality than me, but really. Has unique ways to challenge me as a human to to bring the best out of me and to not be complacent with what it is, but to go ahead and, and continue to evolve and, and change. So that's that's the first one. And then the second one is like you know, like I was saying, the coronavirus couldn't be a more primed example of we we stopped evolving here as a society. We became very complacent, and so now we're seeing innovation come at scale, but just imagine, just take a step back and imagine if schools would have been progressive, if schools would have been a little more more forward thinking and adopting technology, right? Not going with the norm, not cutting budgets the way we traditionally do. I'm not saying the pandemic wouldn't come and still wreak havoc and there still wouldn't be challenges, but maybe, just maybe we would be in a better situation to go ahead and continue on the foundation of what's so important which is educating our children. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the most real world example to say you cannot rest on your laurels, because you don't know what's coming. You don't know where it's coming from next. But if Mm -hmm. you're in the right mindset, and you're in the right headspace, you can overcome and achieve these things. And they're not mountains, they're molehills at that point. So that's, it's just so apropos the conversation with what we're experiencing, you know, in 2020 and this Hell in a (laughs)
0: handbasket. Yeah, Yeah. a lot. lot. And I think a lot of people um, have struggled in this because they didn't have the mindset. You know, they didn't have the... um, the confidence in themselves to be able to kind of pivot and and so things just felt like they were crumbling down around them and you found people kind of feeling desperate and and kind of like they're spinning out of control and what am I going to do and what's it going to look like? again, that fear of the unknown and and you know not not knowing um, that if you just kind of take a deep breath, I mean you can't control what you can't control. Um, so you can go kicking and screaming or you can take a deep breath and take a step forward and figure it out. You know, um, and, and you also touched on something that I like to chat about with people too, is those, those growth people. You had a lot of growth people in your life, your coaches, your dad, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure some other people, but you know, growth people are those people that kind of push you to the edge a little bit, you know, right out of your comfort zone because they want the best for you, not because they're trying to sabotage you, but because they know that you can do more. They know that there's more in you and we can do that for ourselves. But I also think it's important to have those growth people in our life as well. Yeah. It's, it,
1: it, it's one of those things where, you know, you know what the piece of advice that I would leave everybody with is if you would have or me reflecting back on myself, we'll just yeah. go back three years, which is a short blip of time. I, I don't look, sound, think like that person. The foundation's the same, but it's um, it's incredible when I go back and listen to videos of myself and sales calls, and you know things I was doing, and I'm like, what? So, so i say all of that to say, guys, it's never too late. If you're still breathing and you're still kicking, you have control of what's between these two ears, and what you talk about, what you ingest, is ultimately what's going to come back out. And so um, if you want to be more positive, if you want to, anything, whatever that looks like, my advice would be just do it, start living, make momentum towards what you want and inertia will follow. And I can almost guarantee that it'll be better than the place that you're currently in right now, yeah. just off my own experience.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the habits of the mind can be very constricting and, and hold us back a lot. So diving in and just trying, just that one time, right? Gives us that little peek to a door that we've never opened before. And that's all you're kind of looking to do really, is just see what's what's by beyond the door. And we think usually, a lot of times people think, oh, it's something scary, but the reality is it's usually something beautiful. Or something that we needed to learn, or something that helps us grow, and um, and so I want to ask you one last question. Yep. Um, if you look back, you know, when you're 65, uh, how do you want to be remembered? What do you? What would? What would it look like if you lived your best life, and you know, people can look to you and say, mm, you know, he he did it. Scott Scott had it had it going on. What is that legacy you think you'd like to leave?
1: Um, so I think, I don't think I I would love to be known as a creative disruptor. And, and I think that I like to push the needle, um, but in a calculated way and, and, and push the needle forward, you know, there's, you know, without just being a bull in a China shop and wreaking havoc without a solution. And so um, I'm not sure what that looks like. And and I think that's part of my journey is I always wanted to say, I want to go solve the financial crisis, or I want to go solve world hunger or whatever that vast may be. I don't know. I, I don't know where it will be, but I want to be in the position to tell my story, to make impact into people's lives and to leave this world a little bit better than I found it because the journey we have here is just so finite. So uh, so I think that would be my answer is just to be a good human, be a good husband, be a good father and make, make a small impact and see where it can go.
0: Awesome, That's great. Great plan. How we execute? Right, right, right. Well, you already are. You're, you're, you're on it. You know, you're, you're there. You're on the path. So, um, Scott Garber, Vice President at Czech, I want to thank you so much again for your amazing story, your insight, your passion, and your motivation to create change and just be a, um, a really a formidable. Um, wellness kind of guru, right? Like mindset guru, I really appreciate your time and your energy. Um, I want to thank everyone who's, who's tuning in and watching. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, um, you can, you know, check out my website at denisezaclifecoach.com. I'll be uh, doing lots more of these and hopefully we'll have Scott back at another time and uh, connect again. But I just want to wish everybody a happy Monday and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Take care. See you next time.
1: Thanks, Denise.
0: Thanks, Scott.